This episode of The Motorcycle Show is brought to you by BlackWidowPro.com. Black Widow Pro has power sports carriers, ramps, lift tables, and more to easily move or work on every toy in your garage, from dirt bikes and cruisers up to ATVs and UTVs. Listeners can save 15% off their order by using coupon code TIRE at BlackWidowPro.com. Black Widow Pro, inspired by passion. This is The Motorcycle Show, episode 15 for February 24th and 25th, 2022. I'm Crash. Yeah, and I've got gas. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's the 25th for me because I live in the future now and it's evening of the 24th for you. It's so weird. Yeah, I, I, I was telling somebody else the other day about how, um, you know, there's, you know, the joke about, you know, being on this side of the world, you're like, you know, living in the future or whatever. And then also Japan is sort of like known for being the country that puts out like all this super high technology stuff. You know, you've got like Sony here and then like all the big camera manufacturers are here, blah, 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 whatever. But like so many things about this country seem like set in in like the 1600s sometimes it's this it, japan has a weird relationship with like, like what well like, give me an example of what's old school um well for example uh they they really embrace like old architecture and stuff like that so like it's like, a lot of stuff has an old look to it um you know and there's like temples here that are 1500 years old and stuff that they've just like you know replaced stuff as needed and so it's like this same building has been up op- in operation for you know 15 centuries or whatever and then also you know in the united states a lot of our power lines are like buried underground and stuff so things like look clean and kind of like you know neat but here you just got like birds nests of power lines and like everything just everywhere it's like just wild mass of crisscross wires going down the streets and stuff you know what's funny about japan that i read is that like the top out of the top 10 the top five oldest corporations are in japan i wouldn't be surprised i mean like like over a thousand years old yeah yeah i mean even this is not nearly as old but even nintendo um nintendo is well over a hundred years old now like they started as a playing card company back in the late 1800s right and so it's like you know this company you think of like mario and luigi and whatnot and you know the super nintendo and all that sort of stuff has been around for 120 years now <laughs> mm, same with companies like mitsubishi and kawasaki mm-hmm. yeah. you know they're old companies yeah mitsubishi making know, boat engines and shit yeah i was telling Mar- marcy some trivia about you know motorcycle company logos we were talking about oh yeah like you know, yamaha's tuning forks the tuning forks from Yamaha, right? And we were talking about the Eagle from Moto Guzzi and the history, you know, like where these things come from. And she's like, why is there tuning forks? I'm like, because they were making musical instruments first. Yeah, I've got a Yamaha piano right over here. Yeah, so it's like... These weird company lineages, but Japan's got, you know, it's just such an old country too. It's like, yeah. and they were so isolationist for so long that like, they've got a very, uh, inward focused kind of culture. Um, mm-hmm. and so like a lot, yeah, a lot of their companies, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, when I think about it, that, you know, Yamaha makes motorcycles and boats and pianos and trombones and stuff. Cause like they've been around forever because the country never like was reaching out for other stuff and like getting stuff from the outside world very often. And so everything was manufactured in-house. And now, like, Japanese culture is, you know, everywhere. Like, you look at yeah. how kids eat up anime, oh, you yeah. know, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They're still not a big, they're still not big fans of foreigners here, though. Uh, I mean, it's not, like, terrible or anything, but the, like, the population, I learned this in, in, like, one of my classes I had to take when I first got here from the Navy, that the population is still, like, 99% Japanese, so... Really? That's... Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's not it's, a lot of expats there, right? Yeah. 
no i mean and it's funny because like around tokyo you still run into a lot of expats so like you feel like you're in a pretty cosmopolitan place but the second you get out get outside of like the tokyo metro area it is like deeply deeply japanese only there's some places where um even around the base where i work there's some places where they don't want foreigners living so like you won't find any rentals that are available to foreigners in that like town basically which whatever like i don't care there's, i didn't have a hard time finding imagine if we pulled that shit in the united states oh, oh i know like there's definitely right? some stuff that comes off as super racist <laughs> Right. Like, oh, no, no. Wait, where are you from? No, you can't. Yeah, you can't live no, here. You can't live here. A buddy right. of mine um, that I that I used to work with said he used to live in this one town um, that they don't let white people live in, but he's Filipino. So he's like, they didn't realize it when I first moved in that, like, I'm not one of them. <laughs> so he's like, so I was cool to live there. And then, like, people would be like, wait, you live over there? How? And he's like, because I'm yellow, too. Because <laughs> they look like that. He's like, they don't know. They didn't realize Wait. that I don't belong here. Um, I guess they didn't check his application very well, did they? Yeah. I mean, also the, um, the like right now, their their travel policies, they only just a couple weeks ago, they, they had shut down all uh, foreigners entering the country with the exception of military because they, they can't stop us. Um, we have like really longstanding pre-existing agreements with the country. So they we can still come and go. But like the they weren't letting any foreigners in, even if they worked here, if they if, if they didn't already live here. So like if you were a student and you had gone to a Japanese university last semester, you could come back. But if you were a student who was entering Japan for the first time, you could not come until about a week ago. And they started allowing uh, students and certain like certain contexts of like businessmen and women to come back into the country. Uh, it's still no tourists. So if anybody wants to take a trip to Japan, you got to wait still. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No tourists allowed in the country right now uh, due to COVID. What are their numbers like there? They're leveled off. Um, I don't. So they they have a lower jab. They, they have a lower vaccine vaccinated population percentage wise than I definitely than the military here. I don't know if they have less a few a lower percentage of vaccinated people than the United States does. But like as you see the waves hit, um, the Omicron wave definitely hit Japan hard. Uh, it didn't hit the military hard because the military is like super high vaccine percentage because it's mandatory for us. Um, so you you know you've got people who can't take a vaccine, for example, that don't have it or you've got people that haven't completed the series yet or whatever in the military but i want to say it's like here in in japan it's like over 90 percent of us have had at least one shot most of us have had all three like the booster too you know um so when you if you look at like the the charts i don't know exactly what the numbers here here are but like as all the various waves have occurred when omicron hit you saw like this big spike in the japanese population and this like little tiny raise in the military population where before everything else had been very much like you know, on track with each other like as the japanese right. population got infected we got infected why is it why do they have a low percentage of um they haven't had as much availability um i've got a few uh friends mm -hmm. here in japan that said like they've just had a hard time being able to get appointments and stuff it just takes a long time and of course you know the united states and their super cheesy looking vaccine card i have a friend here who's from tennessee she works in the uh horse racing business like managing uh teams and stuff and she said that when she moved here um or 
she had already been living here. And then during COVID, she was she had been back in the States or whatever and had gotten vaccinated back there. And the Japanese government wouldn't accept her proof of vaccination because our card looks fake as hell. Um, they don't accept it in Europe either. No. Yeah. There's a lot of places because yeah. it's like any. Oh, a perfect example is that I filled out my own vaccine card. Like I lost mine and I went to the clinic on base and they handed me a blank one. Yeah. And I just filled it out myself. So <laughs> clearly our control system on that isn't the best. So no, I don't, and, I don't and blame like, Japan for not trusting no, I, I don't know what they were thinking when they did this because it's so stupid because it, there's so many counterfeit ones out there now. And there's all these threats about if you get, but they're they're not tracked. No, so there's no could, way of knowing. You could run a bunch, you could run a million of them off on cardstock, like at your, right. in your home printer. Um, right. And it, it's kind of ridiculous. And the, so short side story, I went to New Orleans with Marcy last weekend. Oh, she nice. had a double lay over there. And it's the beginning. We didn't realize it it's was the beginning Mardi of Mardi Gras. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every restaurant, there's a mandate in New Orleans that you got to wear masks everywhere and you have to have a vaccine card to get in a restaurant. They don't even look at them. They just... <laughs> You just hold it up and they're like, okay, like, so. Yeah. When I was in San Francisco, they, you could have a photo of it on your phone and that was fine. Well, they don't even look at, I mean, yeah, you could have that, but they're not, they just want to see a piece of paper in your hand. Oh, all right. So we went to a restaurant. They were at least like checking and, my name and stuff when I was in Oh, no, these, they weren't even, we went to a restaurant in, in the French Quarter and there was an older couple that stepped in behind us. And first of all, that like the, the lack of employees is hugely evident there. Oh, like yeah. this one restaurant we went back to three times because the oysters are so incredible. You just got used to waiting 25 minutes for the hostess to come up and see you. Well, there wasn't even a hostess, the individual waiters and waiters. So we've been standing there like 20 minutes or so waiting for someone to recognize us. And this older couple walked in behind us and Mark, they're like, how's the wait? And we're like, we haven't even told them what we want. You know, they, we just been standing here. And Marcia's like, yeah, you got to have your vaccine cards ready. And he's like, oh, we, we left them in the hotel room. So she's like, just, just follow my lead. So she just takes her, the, the lady finally walks up to us and she goes, how many of Marcy goes four and she holds up our two vax cards and uh -huh. she's like all right come with come with us <laughs> so we're walking to the table and she's like hey do you mind getting them another table we just got in a huge fight and we don't you know we don't really want to talk to him right now and the waitress is like no you can't you can't you guys are gonna have to get along <laughs> so she sat us at the table with these people then they wouldn't do separate checks because of covid figure that one out what okay and uh we ended up having the best time with this older couple nice. like yeah it was really cool that we they were the guy was a retired attorney. They've traveled all over the world. We told them we were going to Baja. They're like, oh, we've lived in Mexico for 27 years. Like, it was really cool. But all because of the stupid, the stupid Vax card thing, which they're, they, they'll like accost you when you walk in, like, you've got to have vaccination cards. Right. Okay. And then they don't look at it. Yeah. You, you well, hold up a, like a business card. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could have wrote one out on a piece of paper for God's sakes. And they would have been like, all right, you, you got it in your hand. So, and then there was, we went into, uh, again, we're completely off motorcycle topic. I promise we'll get on. We, we will get to motorcycle stuff. I promise. We went to a, last time we were there, there was a really cool package store that they, you could go in there and buy like either booze or get a mixed drink in the store. Oh, okay. Which I, and the guy had the best Bloody Marys I've ever had. You know, oh, nice. like it was like a, a salad with a Bloody Mary. In it. Oh yeah. I love those where, all, where there's like a yeah. whole hors d'oeuvre or like appetizer yeah. <laughs> built. It had it. like pickled green beans and okra mm -hmm. and like, bacon and all it was delicious <laughs> 
So he goes, oh, we don't do that anymore. I'm like, really? Why? And he goes, oh, because of COVID. I'm like, what does COVID have to do with any of that? Like, he, he goes, well, the mayor, you know, doesn't want people in here for a long period of time. So it's we can either sell liquor or we can sell drinks, but we can't do both. I'm like, what? you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, how stupid is that? But yeah, yeah. Some weird either way, we, yeah. And then, you know, as soon as everybody walks outside, they take their masks off. So like at night on Bourbon Street, it was like shoulder to shoulder, people dancing and partying and nobody's got a mask on. <laughs> yeah. So here out here in Japan, um, the, the so I was here almost, well, I was here exactly a year ago for a whole month and we never once saw someone without a mask on outside, inside a single time a year ago. Now I will see one or two people, no matter where I go, uh, like maybe once or twice a day, I'll see one or two people without a mask on. And they're outside, like not usually inside. I did see right. a woman on the train without a mask on and I was like, really? You're, wow. Like, I mean, because Japan is such a rule following culture. Right. Um, and so I was just amazed. Like this woman is sitting across from me and she doesn't have a mask on. Like maybe she just doesn't realize. Like maybe she just forgot or maybe, I don't know. She, she had a mask masks. with her. Yeah, they wear really? masks when you get sick like a long time ago before. Almost. Yeah, as a courtesy, like not getting somebody else sick, right? Right, well, I mean, yeah. it was just, yeah. So it's, it was like, it was just weird. Like, and I've, I've seen a few people just, I mean, a, a lot of the times I'll see somebody there, they're walking like to or from the train station or riding a bicycle. So I get it. Like, you know, you're working up a sweat on your bicycle. There's also no, well, that's the part I no don't risk get, like anyway. Hey, that's what the, the, the one thing that see, I'll never give somebody a hard time for wearing a mask in a building or in a car with people or even in a car without people. Cause I don't know what's going on for all I know. They just transported a bunch of sick people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, but to see the dude walking down the middle of the street by himself wearing a mask, like what, what yeah. are you thinking? You know, I, like, I don't know if we talked about it a couple at the very beginning of all this, I was on like a date with somebody and we were walking outside together. We were the only people within like a hundred feet, maybe two or 300 feet in any direction. We didn't have masks on. And this woman pulled up and was like, you need to wear a mask. And we were like, <laughs> I look around. I was like, to protect who? Like there's no, right. and she's like, and she like said a bunch of like, she's like, I'm a doctor and like went off on this whole thing. And I was like, I mean, one, I, I, I get it. Like I get when, the, when I need to wear a mask, but I'm outside. I'm with a person who's already in my bubble. Um, <laughs> speaking of weird mask stuff, and I promise we'll get to motorcycle stuff. This is kind of a segue. Anyway, I, I, you know, get here to Japan, start to have to deal with all the rules and stuff and go through a couple of orientation things. You and I talked earlier about how I had like a whole day of class that was basically like how to not get in trouble and what the rules are for military here. But I go to the food court at the exchange and all the tables only had one seat at them. And they had a sign that was like due to current COVID uh, health regulations or whatever, only one person per table. So like even if there were people that live on that base. So if they come with their family of like them and their wife and their two kids, they got to take four tables to yes, eat their ridiculous. Taco Bell. That's just completely stupid. Like it, the, the hot tub <laughs> at, at, the, at our complex says one person at a time. Me and Marcy disregard. We go in there like we are one person. We live right, together. Exactly. Yeah. That's, you know, it's so stupid. It's so weird and, and arbitrary. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, I I went, I don't know if we talked about this. We probably didn't. So Marcy and I went to a regional burning man. Oh yeah. You did tell me about that. We went to Love Burn, right? And I worked in the emergency services division. Like I volunteered 20, 20 hours as a medic there. Yeah. 
and they, they, you know, they, they, everybody had to be vaccinated and we were all kind of talking about it, include, including the ESD lead, like how stupid it is because, you know, the vaccine Omicron is a breakthrough. It doesn't matter whether or not you're vaccinated. People are getting it left and right. So this was basically going to be a super spreader event because nobody, once everybody got past the gate, there was 5,000 people there. No one was wearing masks. Yeah. Well, there was one dude we were talking to at night late. So I was manning an outpost with another guy mm-hmm. from like midnight to 4 a.m., right? And this guy had come up and we were talking to him and Marcy was standing there with me. And about 10 minutes into the conversation, I were, realized this guy's wearing a motorcycle helmet and he never took it off. Oh. He wore it the whole time. Yeah. And then I, I like saw him around like the next day and he's still wearing this motorcycle <laughs> helmet. So I, like I meant to ask him, like, did you forget a mask? And this is like your, you know, your mask that you're wearing. Cause I couldn't figure out why else either that or it's like molded into his head or yeah. something. Yeah, I mean, you can't take it off. there's all those like co- weird costume situations there too, though. So you're like, I don't know, maybe this isn't related to that at all. It, didn't, it, it wasn't like there was any other part of his costume. He was just walking <laughs> around in like shorts and flip flops <laughs> with a motorcycle helmet on. And I, after a while, I kind of looked at the guy and I was like, you know, you're wearing a helmet, right? He goes, yeah, I know. And I'm like, okay, well, he's, you know, like, right, no cool. explanation. Yeah. Yeah. I got way too many helmets out here, man. I, I meant to just bring one, but I, I, I didn't separate all my motorcycle stuff before the movie came and then I forgot about it. And so all my motorcycle gear is here. <laughs> I counted. I got six helmets today. It's ridiculous. I have this tiny little, I mean, it's not tiny, but I have a relatively small Japanese apartment with a closet full of motorcycle gear that I don't right. know if I'm going to be able to use while I'm here. Yeah, um, but I can't get rid of stuff. Like I have all the same crap everywhere. Like, I was going to put it leathers. in storage. Like I was, because the Navy will put some of my stuff in long-term storage while I'm overseas. Um, I did that with a bunch of stuff. I just forgot to have them put the motorcycle gear in there with it. See, I started doing the math today on the storage thing and at some point you're paying more for storage than you could to buy the, the crap new yeah i just don't i don't have to pay for it like the navy right. will pay to store my stuff while while i go overseas yeah no my mine's yeah. like i'm paying 250 a month in a warehouse that i right. could and i own a two-car garage like it's just stupid yeah um so i don't know if i'm gonna be able to have a motorcycle here like so what's what's going on yeah what, what's the experience that you're having so um the the, the main imp- the, the main impediment right now is that the the military requires that we take a basically a basic rider course here in Japan. Um, the same one you took in California? I don't know. I, I think it's really similar, but it's mm-hmm. obviously aimed at things unique to the Japanese motorcycling experience, um, which to be honest, I don't, I just don't see how it's going to be that different from driving a car. Like I took a class for how to drive a car here. I have a special military foreigner license for driving a car. And I've been riding a motorcycle for 15 years. I don't, you know, 15, 16 years, whatever. I don't see how it's going to be that different. But whatever. It's an opportunity to go take a class for like a couple of days and not have to go to work. Um, well, I mean, the class part of it doesn't seem to bother me. I would. Yeah, I, would I mean, do that I'm down heartbeat, to do it. It's just know? the guy that right now there's one guy that teaches the class and he's apparently leaving and they don't know when his replacement's going to be here. So we don't know that they have one class scheduled in March and then they don't have anything on the calendar after that because they don't know if he's going to be around to teach anymore after that one. Um, So hopefully... You know, I'm going to go on deployment here in like May anyway. Um, hopefully when I get back, uh, at least they'll have had, a, they'll have figured it out. They'll have a, an instructor again and I'll be able to take a class when I get back. If I can't take this one in March, um, it's Are all, they doing the Lee Parks class? Or I have not? no clue what they're doing here. Um, Is that what they do in the U.S. though? What you took? It Was changes. It total control I've done, thing, I've or? done a total control class with the Navy and I've done a motorcycle safety foundation class with the Navy. Um, it kind of varies by region and um, by like every few years a, a new contract gets
gets negotiated and they'll go with somebody else maybe you know um they switched to lee parks because of you know the motorcycle safety foundation's contract was up and they um you know they ended up making a contract with schools that taught lee's course and then a few years went by and then i think they switched back so it's it's kind of gone back and forth a few times and i don't know at all what they're doing out here but uh yeah so that they're currently like the status of whether or not i'll be able to take a class is in flux and i'm not allowed to get a motorcycle or get the motorcycle endorsement on my uh military driver's license thing out here until i've taken the course so i don't know when that's going to happen um my landlord also said there's no motorcycle parking available in the like complex so i got why 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 wouldn't you just take a car spot do you get a car spot i do but it's a it's like a one i have a car in it um okay and the other thing is it's a like car elevator parking spot thing so wait wait, wait. what what car do you have i didn't know you brought a car i didn't i bought a car out here um i i bought a car from this uh, little used car dealership right outside the base um con uh, it, contrary to how it is in the united states the car dealerships right outside the base here are actually decent and like reputable as opposed okay. to the, there's like a bunch of predatory fly-by-night crap car dealerships that always pop up outside in military bases in the united states um but the ones out here are actually good i, I bought a 2009 honda insight so it's basically a toyota prius it look it, the body style is very much like the prius mm-hmm. um it's a hybrid just like the prius and uh i bought that because there were there's very specific size requirements for the kind of car i can park in my parking spot because my car my parking spot is on the top of an elevator that raises up to get the person under underneath mine's car out so like when that person whichever neighbor it is i don't know who it is but whenever one of my neighbors gets their car they go to this like uh panel and they put a key in and then they push a button and it lifts my car up out of the way and brings their car up with it and then they get in their car and they drive it out and then it so what is your car my, below below ground or something no, theirs is my car's at ground level that's really weird yeah i'm like basically parked on top of this big metal platform that lifts up and pulls their car up out of the ground at the same time and they drive their car out and then it drops back down and my car so my car is always on top and always available i don't have to like have an access i don't have to have access to the the box that raises is that just random who gets what like who gets screwed with the underneath car they pay less for that or i have no idea the parking spot i mean yeah the parking spot assigned to my building is that one uh or to my sorry yeah to my apartment yeah and i could see why you couldn't put a motorcycle there either yeah, I, I guess like probably in theory, if I had uh, if I didn't have a car, you could set a motorcycle in the middle of it and it wouldn't hurt anything. Um, but there's no extra yeah, wouldn't space. It, wouldn't it move, though, when it's going up and down, like possibly fall over? And Yeah, I'd probably have to have a wheel chalk and like strap it in or right. something. But um, there I've been trying to figure out how you park motorcycles around in Japan, because there are some I found that there are some spots nearby where I can pay a monthly fee to have a motorcycle parking spot. Um, I just have to find one that's available. Then you wait, wait, you can't keep it at the base. I can, but that's an hour away. Oh, okay. So it's not convenient. I got yeah, it. Yeah, I, I okay. live an hour by train. Well, 40 minutes by train plus commuting to and from the train stations. Uh, it takes me an, if I, if I take my bicycle and my, and the train, it takes me an hour to get door to door from, you know, my house to work. And then it's about a 40, gotcha. it's about a 40 minute drive by car. That's the other crazy thing here. Um, speed limits are super low and roads are super short before you have to take a turn. Um, um, so I lived 12 miles from work. I lived farther wow. than that. When I lived in San Diego, I lived like 25 miles from work and it took me less time to get to work in San Diego than it does here. Um, you can get on the expressways, which the, the speed limit on the expressway tops out at 80 kilometers an 
hour, which is about 50 miles an hour. And thankfully, the cops don't really worry about speeders much. So everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are speeding on the freeway anyway. So like you can go 60 or 70 miles an hour and you're fine. But this is like the country of no fun. But yeah, like the and then once once you're off the expressways, it's like drive 500 feet, turn left, drive a thousand feet, turn right, drive a quarter mile, turn left, drive 10 feet, turn left. It's like the, the, the roads are not straight and don't continue for very long before you like run into an intersection where you have to turn. That's crazy. Um, It's so there's so like weirdly like spaghetti, you know, it, the maps look like plates of spaghetti. Um, And so that's because it's old. It's not yeah. thought out like a grid, you know, like, right. Yeah. Some planned community. Yeah. So I mean, that's the way it was when we were in Portugal, like in mm-hmm. Sintra, trying to get up the mountain. Everything's one way roads. It yep. took like Uber 35 minutes to get to us. It was nuts. Yeah. So so the, the motorcycle course is going to be potentially an issue that'll um, hopefully get resolved here either in the next couple of months before I leave or while I'm gone. And then I'll come back and I'll get it done then. And then the parking issue, I've been talking to a friend of mine who's lived here for years. Um, I can I can find a monthly pay spot potentially that's like a short walk from my house or he said I might be able to actually my my apartment has like a little patio um he said depending on he's like if you're in certain areas you'll see everybody just throws their motorcycle on their patio but in other areas it's like strictly prohibited so he's like he said he's gonna look into some stuff and try to help me figure it out i have a patio that i think i could get a bike on in and out of i'm not entirely sure have you seen any in the complex on patios oh no no but there's my next door neighbor has a scooter I need to ask him where he keeps it because I, I'm also like 90% certain that he speaks English because um, I think he's also in the parking spot next to me and he has an American car. Well, it's not an American car. It's a Porsche, but he has a left-hand drive Porsche. So it's an American style driving car and he has a bunch of American stuff in it. He has like a Patriots, like Patriots logo thing on it. He has a University of Southern California, like, or yeah, University of Southern California um, like bumper sticker. Maybe he's an American. Uh, I've seen him. He looks Japanese. Um <laughs> What does that mean? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like he might have grown right. up in America and then moved out here. So I just need to talk to him. I, I, I don't see him very often, um, but I've seen him. He has a scooter and I'm curious where he keeps it because he doesn't keep it in his parking spot. Um, and I'm gonna talk to this guy. He's going to go, yeah, dude, I'm from Manhattan Beach. Right. I mean, that that yeah. happened to me when I was here last year. I went to this. Uh, I went like a couple hours away by train and we were trying to figure out if the train that we were going to get on would get us all the way back to where we needed to be to take the next train and the guy at the ticket booth was like yeah man that one goes to whatever 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 with like just just like i said it and we looked at him like what and he was like what are you looking at i'm from la <laughs> did you ever see the did you ever see band of brothers yeah like right after they invade they're like walking past this line of german oh, prisoners yeah there's this the... guy goes Dude, can i bum a cigarette like that and uh-huh. like, what, what, what are you doing and he's like oh i was caught over here I'm, my family's german you uh-huh. know, and i got conscripted in yeah it also it makes me think about that scene in uh, one of the Naked Gun movies. I think it might be 33 and a third where Leslie Nielsen's like looking at taxi cab drivers trying to talk to somebody about something and they all don't speak English. And then he looks at this guy's in like very traditional African like dress and he's like, ah, oh, fucking doesn't even bother. And he's like, I wonder what he wanted. Yeah, right. That's that's usually what my experience is anytime I go to a large city. So yeah. the other question I have for you is you, if you, you got to take the basic rider course from the Navy, what's on the Japanese side that you have to do? Like Nothing. what hoops do you got to 
footage. Really? Um, yeah, I just I have to take that so that I have the endorsement on my driver's license and then I can just go find a bike, buy it, find a place to park it, you know, have insurance, the regular stuff. Uh, and I found a I found two examples of the weird ass Suzuki motorcycle that uh, I have been tasked with finding by Phil from Cleveland Moto. Uh, I found both of them and I sent him links to them and he was like, if those are in really good shape, that's not a terrible price. I'll buy it. I might even buy both of them and have you ship one home for me. <laughs> really? He basically, he wants to buy one. He wants one really bad and he wants to basically buy one and then I'll bring it home on the Navy's dime because the Navy will pay to ship it for me. Um, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll buy uh, it. You can ride it, keep it clean, whatever, and then just bring it home and give it to me. For those of you that don't know who we're talking about, Phil Waters from Cleveland Moto, he, not only does he have the business, you know, but he also imports in vintage trucks. Yeah, like weird really hard goofy to find. Japanese trucks and cars, like, like uh, 30-year-old Hiluxes and stuff like that. And yeah. Weird Datsun trucks. and Anything over yeah. 25 years old uh, is eligible to be imported. And a lot of that stuff, you know, that's that's in the 90s now, like the late 90s now, which a lot of that yeah, stuff no, is they're not nice. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to go through any of like the the smog stuff or bringing it up to a standard. It's just considered an antique or whatever they consider it. Yeah. But so, no, yeah, like he wants Land this, Cruiser. There's this uh, 1992, only year that it was released, Suzuki SW1. It's released in one color. It's cream. It looks like a uh, Honda like Cub and a Honda Rebel had a baby. Yeah, it's kind of butt ugly. It has but it's in a cool shield. way, though. Yeah, it has like these yeah. leg shields and then it has like built-in saddlebags. It's very much like a scooter cycle because it's technically a full-size like 250cc motorcycle, which speaking of CCs, we talked about this a little bit earlier on the phone. Um, I noticed I was walking to the train station one day and I see this just this row of scooters in a parking lot. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, I see a bunch of bicycle signs, but there is no bicycles in this parking lot. It is all scooters. And so I started using Google Translate to like take pictures of all the uh, signage that was around. And apparently it's legal here. If your motorcycle is 125 cc's and under, you can park it in bicycle parking. So this is a technically a bicycle parking lot, but all these scooters are 125s and under so they can park there. I would see where that would make sense with mopeds, but not with... Yeah. You know what? I was thinking about this the other day. The moped, which they're not classified as motorcycles. No. Right? They're, they're powered bikes. That, that's the precursor to like an e-bike. Yeah. You know, because you could still pedal the thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, do you see any over there or not? Um, I haven't seen a moped in years. I've No, I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen any out here. I've seen the things that I've seen the most of are um, just random like Chinese scooters. And then also a lot of kind of a lot of the Honda Trail 125. Um, you know, that newer thing that's using the Grom engine and the Monkey engine, but that looks like... Yeah, that's like, a kind of a cool bike. Yeah, that looks like yeah. a Posty. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple of 110s, like older CT110s, but I've seen a lot of the 125 around. I've actually been thinking about buying one of those for the back of the van. Yeah, I mean, that, I, that's a... I think that it's pretty much, like, especially if you're not trying to go a long distance here in Japan, that thing's like perfect because it's 125, which means it's the max size you can park anywhere. Um, and as far as like parking, when you're driving around, uh, parking a motorcycle or a bicycle in most cases is just like if you do it in a courteous way, like you're not leaving it in the middle of a sidewalk where people have to walk around it, then you're probably going to be OK, especially bicycles and small scooters. You can just tuck them in anywhere that they're kind of tucked out of the way or um, you'll run into a lot of bicycle parking areas that you can park because bicy bicycles are super popular over here. Uh, they all have these. There's this bicycle style that in Japanese is called a mama chari, which is literally like translated into like mom's bike. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's like that typical kind of like almost beach cruiser style with like a basket in the front and the back. And that's the most 
most common bicycle out here by far. Um, I've, se- I've seen a lot of powered ones, a lot of electric ones. They're really popular here. Um, there's limits on like the motor size, so they're not they're not super powerful. But you know, like 800 watt or anything like that. No, but like honestly, things are so, so hilly. Like even a little bit of help would be great. Like I rode um, I rode my bicycle to work the other day and realized that my trip from my house to either train station is a hundred percent downhill, which means at the end of the day, it is a hundred percent uphill to get home. So, um, thankfully I've, my, my Brompton is a six speed. So I was able to put it like all the way down in the lowest gear and fairly comfortably make it, you know, up the hill to my house. Were you able to find electric Bromptons? I didn't look, um, I didn't, cause somebody told me that they make them. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the shop, so I went to an actual Brompton brand, like corporate store. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure they have them there. I just didn't, I, I, at the time I just didn't want to deal with it. I was like, eh, I just want, I just want a regular one. I don't, I don't want the extra weight. I don't want the extra expense. Um, cause it's a, it's a lot of money. Like they're, they're already very expensive. Yeah. They're like the premier, um, I can kind of see why though. Travel bike. Yeah. yeah. So the, my car was only a little bit more than my bicycle. Yeah. Like expensive. only a couple hundred dollars more than my bicycle. Um, but I can understand why the bike is so uh, pricey and also like why people think it's better than all the other ones. Cause you know, your fold, your other, other folding bicycles fold in the middle of the frame somewhere and they basically fold in half where the Brompton folds in three sections. So it gets way smaller. Um, yeah. I, I was talking to somebody who has one that like I'd never heard of them until this person was telling me about them. Yeah. And then I had <laughs> never heard of them until you mentioned them that one day when we recorded last. And then I started looking into them and watched a bunch of videos and decided that was what I needed. So apparently she carries hers in some kind of briefcase. Like there's a case or something that they have. I have a it. bag for mine. Um, yeah. In order to take your bike on the train here, I don't know. I think we probably talked about it before. You have yeah, to, yeah. It has to be in a bag. And I have a bag that uh, it once it's once it's out, once the bike is out of the bag, I can like fold the bag up and put it in like a carrying pouch that hangs from my seat. But they make even smaller bags. Like I have a pretty heavy duty one, but they make like much lighter bags for if you're going to try to take a road bike or something on the train and you're trying to save every, you know, ounce of weight. Hey, just what do you think that that the Trail 125 weighs? Um, I'm pretty shocked. I just, yeah, loaded fully with fuel. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, not you know what, heavy. No, it's just pretty high too. Like it's not, it's not a, it's not like a Grom. This thing looks bigger than a Grom, like the seat height from the ground and stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. I'm, I'm, I've, I know that my brain isn't working, neither is my mouth. I'm pretty Under sure the handlebar. Too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the handlebar position is more upright than the Grom. Oh yeah, it's way upright, you know. I mean, this may be something that I would definitely consider. Seat height's 31 and a half inches oh yeah that's normal that's yeah what's the grom seat height i wonder i'm gonna look that up uh, uh, yeah no the i like i even when this thing came out i thought it was a cool bike the high pipe and everything so you the know grom is 30 inches it's a tiny bit shorter but the oh, man they look tiny though and i sat on a grom and it was do. like i'm not riding this thing around i think that a lot of that is the difference in the body shape of the grom versus the trail 125 because the Maybe. grom the grom looks like a you zapped a motorcycle with a shrink ray 
eye. So it looks yeah. super tiny. And then the CT125 looks like a normal sized scooter. So your brain is maybe like, yeah, that's normal. That looks okay. But then when you look at the Grom. Like, so the monkey and the Grom are very similar to me when it comes yes. to the way that they sit and they look, you know, they, they do look they cramped. Just look freaking tiny. Mm-hmm. And maybe it has to do with the trail too. Yeah. I, aren't yeah. The, 30 and a half inches on the monkey. It's the same. The wheels on the trail 125 are bigger too, I think. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're much bigger. It yeah. looks. So it has yeah. a, it has a totally different aesthetic that lets it look more acceptable to a full sized human being. No, I like this. So I didn't tell you I'm going to Baja in, in April, right? Oh, uh, cool. Where are you going? A bunch of. Where in Baja? San Felipe. There's okay. a, a bunch of adventure bikes are going. Very nice. It's a, it's a meet out in Baja type of thing where they're going to be going then west of the mountains. I but wonder I'm if looking you're going forward... to. I have a friend of mine, one of the guys that runs the, he's now the like president of the motorcycle relief project, goes to Baja a lot with a lot of adventure bike stuff. I wonder if he'll be there. So we're going to Mike's Sky Ranch too. Oh, cool. You know, where the, yeah, where the Baja 1000 kind of stops and a lot of guys do motorcycle trips there. There's apparently, there's one of the like side trips excursion is is razor racing on these Baja 1000 prep razors that have like mm. V8s in them and stuff and fly. Nice. So I'm, I'm I, you know, as much as I'd love to go on a motorcycle there, I'm not I'm taking the van because Marcy's going with, but sure. uh, I would love to have a small bike like this to take with me there. And then I found out today that there's a guy that's making a motorcycle ramp for the back of these that will hold, like the ramp that you sent me will hold 500 pounds, but it's much, it's extended. So instead of just using the one point of the hitch, you know, uh-huh. the receiver, yeah. it uses the two side points as well. So there's three points of contact. Oh, nice. So it's using the receiver and then two bolts on either side that kind of hold the receiver to the frame. Yeah, that's so, so it doesn't, because so it doesn't like jiggle back and forth a bunch. Yeah, there'll be no movement at all. Yeah. And it allows you to also hang 500 pounds out a little bit farther away. The only bad part about that is your departure angle is completely screwed up. Oh, yeah. Now, supposedly this guy's got it right raised up. I haven't seen one yet, but the rack is $2,000. It's expensive. Yeah, and when you look at the cost of the bike, it's like right under four grand for a brand new one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're paying half that cost to carry it around. Yeah. I, something you could do as far as like uh, supporting the thing from wobbling back and forth, you could always, um, you could maybe like run cargo straps from the frame, like to the, to the, make a triangle, you know, make a triangle to kind of like, well, I think that, pull yeah, it. I mean, that's, that would work, but I also think this is also to hold weight yes not just to keep it from wobbling yeah so back to the japanese issue you're having yeah so i'm i found these bikes i'm gonna try to go take a look at them sometime uh they're at two different dealerships um i'm gonna at least go lay eyes on them and see what they look like hopefully and And what was the price around around five grand um okay yeah it's i it was in yen it was like Five, around five fifty thousand yen, which is a little under five grand American. Did you uh, notice? I mean, obviously there's Japanese branded motorcycles. Did you notice Chinese stuff there or not? Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff that's not you know you, that you wouldn't see in the states. There's there's a lot of brands that I don't recognize the name or logo in any way. So I just mm-hmm. like that's a random scooter or you know or there's also a lot of a lot of you know Yamaha bikes or Hondas or whatever that were never released you know outside of the outside of Japan. So right, a lot of don't Japanese feel like there's a market, market for them. Stuff, yeah. 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 That's interesting. I mean, I'm sure I, I'm wondering if Hero has a presence there too. I wouldn't doubt that they did because I, I know they do in Southeast Asia. Uh, 
Zero? Yeah, the the uh, Indian Probably, company. Probably, yeah. You know? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, there's there's a big Harley dealer here in Yokohama that I've actually been to once last year. Hey, speaking of that, do you see do you see large American vehicles? Like, do you see yep. pickup trucks and SUVs? Uh, yeah. Every now and then, not super common. I saw um, down in Yokohama, right right outside of Yokohama Chinatown last year, I saw like an old lowrider um, that like on airbags and everything, Airba- either airbags or hydraulics, I don't remember, but like pulled up to the parking spot and then was like, like low, low, laid down, like right on the frame rails. I was like, okay, that's very out of place here. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, but I, every now and then I'll run into like somebody driving like a Chevy Suburban or, you know, something like that. But um, motorcycle wise, yeah, there's definitely like Harleys around I've seen. Um, and, and some, you know, a lot of full size bikes like uh, Africa Twins, stuff like that. Right. That are, you know, it's not, but they're, I mean, they're, they're expensive to own there, aren't they? Like, isn't there a tax on CC size in Japan? I'm not sure. I know uh, probably probably there, there's that way with cars so um, yeah. if your car's engine is under 600 cc's it's you know one tax rate if it's between 600 and 1600 i think then it's another tax rate and if it's above that or if it's below that but has a certain horsepower so like if you had like a bmw 1.6 it's technically under the 1600 cc limit but it's powerful enough that it pays the higher road tax yeah it's not anything to get the money out of you um have you ever have you driven a car yet that's less than a thousand cc's because i did um i don't think i have i've ridden i, I rode in my one of my co-workers little 600 cc jimneys the like suzuki tracker suzuki samurai looking thing yeah um and that thing has a death wobble so he's like i don't take it on the highway i just i just drive it to and from work <laughs> when i when i was like a teenager we went to italy my cousin had a fiat 500 oh yeah which was like a sewing machine engine mm-hmm. you know and uh you talk about a death wobble. When we were on the autostrada, you get passed by even like a large car and the whole thing's shaking and like wanting to go off the side of the road. Yeah. My little, my insight is a 1.3, I think. And it definitely has no balls, but I don't care. It gets me to work probably, and back. I think it's great gas mileage though too, right? Especially with being a hybrid. Yeah. I, I don't, it's, everything's in kilometers on the car. So I haven't like done the math and tried to figure it out, but I know that it gets pretty good gas mileage. It doesn't have- How expensive is gas? control which is annoying i don't i don't think cruise control is a very common feature here in japan so like the car has navigation which in the united states is usually like one of the last accessories or last upgrades and so like if you have navigation you usually have like leather seats cruise control variable speed yeah i can see though why it wouldn't have cruise control if you're making a turn every five feet right that's why i think like it's probably not popular here um and what's the cost of gas like um i've only paid on base and on base thankfully on base is in dollars per gallon, not uh, yen per liter. So I don't have okay. to do any conversion. On base, it's there's one kind. There's not like three grades. There's just one. It says it's 96 octane, which I don't know. That sounds really high. Um, like that's higher than premium gas anywhere in the States. And there, I know there's multiple ways to calculate octane that yield two different numbers. So like maybe that's the equivalent of premium in the United States. But anyway, it's about $4.50 a gallon, which 
which is less than I was paying in can in Sal in San Diego. So it doesn't bother me that much. It's, it might sound like a lot to some people. Yeah, but no, I lived. In I California, just looked it up. So. The cost of gas in Tokyo. Yeah, price in U.S. dollars per gallon is four dollars and twenty four cents. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, so the the yeah. exchange on base like has to price their gas like similarly to the local area. So right, I knew they weren't going to be like way over or way under. So yeah, around yeah, four it was bucks really, a gallon. It was really expensive in Portugal. Like I think I think the guy that took us on a tour said like six dollars a liter. Oof. And we yeah. saw and there's just an inordinate amount of scooters there. They're all over the place. And that's probably one of the reasons why. Yeah. The there's some interesting practices of drivers around here. Like you would think that for like such a heavily like nannied and rule following country, you mm-hmm. would um they would they would follow more rules on the road. Like people run red lights a lot. People park in lanes like just on like it, it's just like you can't there's no you can't pull over out of the lane they'll just pull over to the side of the road in front of a business throw their hazards on and like park um well it's probably because there's no there's not an enforcement of it i like did get a that, ticket the other day which is oh really annoying. yeah <laughs> speaking of enforcement i uh, what that should have came out right away i like, forgot what? about it, it until just now google maps doesn't know when streets are like you're not allowed to make a right turn like for example there's this one this one turn near the base that from the hours of 7 a.m to 9 a.m you're only allowed to go straight and turn left you can't turn right all the other hours of the day you can turn right google maps doesn't know that google maps just like hey turn right here and so i'm driving along i turn right and there are literally 15 cops pulling over everybody that turned right there and so i got a ticket um you can go to the post office and pay it so i just went to my local post office and like handed them a ticket and they're like all right cool seven thousand yen which is about like 65 bucks so (laughs) it's funny that you bring that up because it was uh, i was reading all this stuff about traveling in mexico you know and like how they're very strict on the speed limit there and it's very like in cities it's usually 30 miles an hour and this was from a a mexican website and Mm -hmm. it said if you get stopped by a police officer be polite the fine's usually about 60 bucks Mm -hmm. but tell them you want to pay it at the police station because they're going to tell you that it's 200 dollars if you pay them Uh and it's expedited this is from like a a city website in san felipe is giving you this (laughs) advice you know like they they're so corrupt that they know they're corrupt and they're yeah but they're like big on speed limits they're huge they say that i was driving i I drove down around baja like a little bit last year and nothing you go through tijuana yeah my i was there hanging out with my ex-girlfriend one day and she was like yeah don't it doesn't nobody cares it's whatever like we're going through mexicali and then san felipe maybe it's different because it was on the san felipe website yeah um the speed limits here it's wild like the the base speed limit a lot of the speed limits around the base are like 25 kilometers an hour, which is like fifteen. That's like miles nothing. An hour. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> just crawling, like creeping, and it's just yeah. like it's like a main street on the base, and you're just like do 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 do. You're gonna get on a bike, and you're gonna be like hauling ass, and find out that that's like even a bigger fine, and end up yeah, in the who's cow. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. All right. Well, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. When you get back I'll, from deployment. I'll uh I'll keep everybody updated. I like I said, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna get into a class before deployment happens. I also don't know if I'm gonna. Have 
have a be able to store my bike somewhere. So what about you like getting certified to teach the class? I have that's that's a pretty long process even in the states. So I have no idea. I, I, my my deployment schedule and my work schedule probably wouldn't allow for that. But I'd be down to like do that at the end of my career and come back out here maybe. Well, if you end up buying buying those bikes, I, I want to post something. You know, I, I want to see what they the ones you find look like. If you're gonna go look at them, yeah, I will. I think that's about all the stuff got the, we got. I got the dog licking my leg under he's the like, table. Oh, I mean that. On. Yeah, I need attention. He's like he's got no. He wants to go outside to go to the bathroom room, babysitting the grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I'll let you get to that. Uh, thanks everybody again that supports us on Patreon. Now that now that I'm all settled in, hopefully we can get back to a more regular recording schedule for the next few normal months. Normal schedule. Um, yeah. You know, the, we were going to record. Oh, by the way, go ahead. I've got a KTM 1290 Super Adventure for sale. So right. yeah, if you want to buy Steve's Super Adventure, it's uh, a lot of stuff coming with it. So hit me up independently, and uh, we could talk about it. Cool. If you're interested. All right. Get out and ride. That's all I got. See ya.